The official number is nearly a million and a half dollars of damage to farms and properties in the upper Skagit Valley. We've talked about this on the program before. Elk are an issue down in Skagit, and some of that goes up into Whatcom County as well. But what to actually do about it? And there's been a lot of eh, debate over it. You know, some people, as you can imagine, when we're talking about wildlife, make the argument that nothing should be done about it. They were here first. Just leave well enough alone. Humans should just butt out and let wildlife do whatever they want. Were they really here first, though? There are big questions about the history of these animals and their existence on the valley floor in the upper schedule. Lots to talk about here. And like we talked about in the past, there there were issues of allowing hunters to go after these animals um, to try to do something about this. Lots of, you know, there's talk about, well, fencing, you need to protect your property with better fencing. Well, these animals are big and they've been knocking down a lot of fencing. Uh, That's adding to the damage problem. What is the scoop? The uh, Capitol Press this past week uh, reporting that um, uh, maybe maybe more um, elk are, are being harvested. The uh, the nice way of putting it, being shot and trying to be scared off from the um, from the valley floor up there is this making a difference? Are hunters helping with this issue? Welcome back to the farming show, by the way. Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI News Talk 790, as well as the Save Family Farming Podcast. Joining us from Skagit right now, Randy Good. He's a farmer down there. And and Randy, what, what's the scoop? The the Capitol re- Press is reporting that more of these elk are being taken. Um, it's up. You know, so far since July 1st, they've shot 22 compared to 15 at the same at the same time last year. That's not a huge jump. Some people are saying it's making a difference. Some people say, no, it's not making a difference at all. What's really going on up there with this, this elk problem in, in farm country? First of all, I'm Randy Good. I'm a vice president of the Skagit County Cattlemen's, and so the uh, the the elk issue the the numbers keep improving they're actually it's expanding and so the uh, the the count numbers first you know also this capital press has done a really outstanding uh, job of reporting the elk issue here in Skagit County and uh, but uh, the numbers um, uh, that uh, Fish and Wildlife uh, they uh, give out permits. And uh, and then they uh, uh, keep track of those numbers, but the numbers are really really low, and uh, so the the numbers of elk like last year was up to uh, I think they put out 60 some permits and and 33 or 34 elk were taken, and so the 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 numbers uh, uh, do not make a difference. Uh, they are not taking enough elk off the egg floor because there's uh, uh, probably 300 or more elk that are born every year. So eliminating 22 to 30 elk uh, is not going to do it. So the numbers will keep expanding and keep increasing. Now, what I'm, I'm reading in the the uh, Capitol Press coverage is that the, the intent of allowing the hunting, at least what the state is saying, the reason they're allowing the hunting is to scare these elk off, not actually to reduce the size of the herd. Right, right. Is that and, true? I mean, does that well, even that, work? That's the idea, but yeah, that's a good point there, Dylan. It does not work. 
we have a, uh, just this past week, we have a, a pretty good-sized large beef ranch up here that uh, they killed one elk one night. They were back the next morning, killed another one, and it just keeps going that way. So uh, the killing the elk or the hazing the, does not work. The hazing uh, process they use now, they just move the elk over onto an, an adjoining dairy or adjoining farm. So it's it's just it's a flop like i said in the capital yeah. press you know it just doesn't work randy good with the skagit county cattlemen's uh with me right now here on the farming show dylan honkoop here on kgmi um last spring the deputy prosecutor down there in skagit actually drafted a resolution on this issue your county commissioners in skagit passed it they were calling on on the department of fish and wildlife to remove more elk um, how did that work out? What's the response been? Is that going to help? You know, talk about uh, Will Honea's involvement in this. The the deputy prosecutor down there. Yes, uh, the uh, the idea was to uh, uh, to if they were able to get uh, uh, more elk uh, removed from the floor that uh, and and scare the elk off that way. But it's like I mentioned earlier, it does not work. And one of the you know, they, you know the, the Capital Press article quote or talked about what one of the conflict specialists stated was that, that he hasn't seen them. But what's, what's really happening here, here is that uh, the elk have become nocturnal. And like on my farm, I live right next to Highway 20, and the elk, I put two cameras out, and the elk are coming in at nights. Uh, after, you know, sunup and sundown are the only times we're allowed to use our permits. And so I have, uh, we've used one permit here about a couple of months ago, and I have not had an opportunity to use my other permit because because the elk are not coming down in here during the daylight. So they're, so getting, we, they're getting wise to the fact that it's dangerous for they, them to be yes. out during the day, so they come at night. Right. <laughs> and so that's common on all of our areas down on, you know, you know, all this whole area. It's turned, the elk are outsmarting the DFW personnel and, and uh, you know, coming in here at nights, and so the you know, that's just not going to work. And so I think you know I've suggested that they need to figure out uh, fish and wildlife needs to come up with a different solution uh, to take care of this. And in years past, uh, the United States Department of Agriculture had a wildlife program where they actually came into our valley years ago and uh, actually hazed and removed a bunch of elk at night that had had actually, you know, turned into uh, uh, just coming out at, or, you know, at nighttime. So what what's going to be the long-term solution here, Randy? If you could have anything, if you were in charge and could just make it happen, what would you do right now to, to deal with this and, and stop the this damage for for farms up, up there in the upper Skagit? Well, I think, the, you know, the our state legislature, you know, uh, the DFW commission themselves, uh, they need to, uh, you know, they have the, the, they're the supervising authority for the, for us, the citizens. And so they really have the, uh, the, the, the duty as, as a properly functioning committee, they have the duty to, to, uh, come up with and, and, and order, you know, make a motion and do some, uh, and solutions. And so one of the things is that they could, uh, you know, uh, I've asked the conflict specialists, you know, what, his goal was here, and he says was to move the elk off the egg floor, and so they need to do that, you know. And and, and so the 
one of the ways is by, uh, you know, hazing the elk by constant pressure, uh, you know, and another way is bringing in like a USDA, um, you know, um, wildlife program person like they did years ago. There are solutions, but it, uh, they don't seem to be interested in doing that, any of the solutions. So I really, we have a gut feeling here. It's not just me. Everybody sort of feels that, that uh, they really aren't trying to move the elk off the egg floor. They're just trying to keep people happy, try to, you know, try to keep us quiet. Why? Why don't they want to actually fix this problem? Well, I think, the you know, the, the tribal issue is one of the reasons that they don't want to, uh, you know, do that. But, uh, uh, you know, the tribal issue, I think, is they, they feel that uh, they need a certain amount of elk. Well, uh, the tribes themselves have put into record it at the uh, April uh, DFW commission meeting uh, documents showing that the, that uh, they, they have their elk numbers that their goal was to reach under this plan, North Cascade Elk Herd Plan. So, uh, I, you know, and so the numbers they had, that did not even include this past year's calf crop, which is uh, um, you know, three to 400 elk each year. So that goes back to your point Dylan earlier, you know, is the, the the 22 elk killed out of out of 400 newborns each year. Uh, well, you know, last year there was only 30 killed. Uh, that that's not cutting back on anything. So, but again, we don't really care about the numbers as as much. We aren't can really, you know. But we're concerned is Fish and Wildlife uh, has told us they want to get the elk from causing the damages. So the damages are what is the main goal here. And uh, so, and what the Capitol Press didn't really cover too much on uh, lately or, or since the beginning of this is the damages to schools. We have uh, uh, Save Family Farming put together a video uh, that they did an outstanding job of presenting that uh, situation to the public. And what's happening is that the elk, very elk that are, Go, it actually goes from this one big ranch farm over to the schools. They've uh, ruined the playgrounds for the school grounds. And then, like, on the, that's up at concrete. And then uh, our Cedar Woolley school bus driver, she talks, like, 40 to 50 times each school year. She has to uh, put up with close threats from running into elk, you know. And so one of these days, you know, uh, we hate to see it. You know, kids are going to get injured or worse. And uh, uh, when it's not really, you know, shouldn't happen. And so the school issue has also, because there's so many more elk down here on the egg floor, uh, the school issue has become a much bigger um, uh, concern for everybody, you know. And so, anyway. That, yeah, no, it, it, and that is a concern that, that people don't think about. This isn't just yeah. about damage to agricultural properties, which is, of course, a big deal. And again, we're talking about um, the value, that, or I guess the cost of that damage uh, being mm -hmm. a million and a half dollars. I don't know, you feel that's an accurate number, Randy? Well, that's just uh, the 1.4, over 1.4. That those damages are just to agricultural mm -hmm. lands uh, enrolled in that open space program. There are other ag lands that are not enrolled in that plan program that uh, are not counted there. There's we feel that there's probably uh, at least a minimum of one thousand dollars damages to every home up in here mm -hmm. that gets damaged for their gardens and and orchards etc. 
And so that's, you add another $800,000, and then you've got to add on accidents to, like, our uh, county sheriff vehicles that get towed, a lot of vehicle, car private vehicles that on the running into the elk or, or being totaled or a lot of damages. So Not to mention the people getting hurt, and you can't even yeah. put a number on that, plus all the medical bills, plus the damage at the school district uh, that you were just talking about. I, what, what's your gut on what the, the actual number might be, what, what this elk situation I, I, is costing? I, so I'm 1.4, the 800000 and then uh, over $1 million on, or more. So there's to close to three, three point three to three point five million dollars a year annually, that is being uh, you know suffered here in our East County because of the elk intrusions. You know, and and the, the, give me an example: the Concrete School District has just not too far long ago tried to get some funding from DFW to cover the redoing, replanning their playground and the damages there, and then Fish and Wildlife won't do it; turned them down. And so the, uh, you know, and my personal, my personal concern, the biggest is the, is the school bus routes, you know, concrete and cedar wool, they have, have to have routes out through their egg areas, you know, and uh, uh, there's, like I was mentioning earlier with, with the cedar wool driver, you know, 30 to 40 times each year, you know, mm-hmm. one of these times, and she was worried about it too, you know, yeah. I mean, really worried about it. So that's a really stressful um yeah you got a, a, a school bus load of, of children and you have to worry about uh, their life you know absolutely and so- absolutely and that is of utmost importance uh, this is the farming show here on kgmi news talk 790 i'm dylan honkoop we're talking with randy good right now uh with the skagit cattlemen's association um randy I, we don't have a ton of time left but just briefly if there's a way we can summarize you know for people who didn't hear our conversation we talked about this over a year ago kind of laying out the background of how this all came to be what's your response to those people who say well um the elk should just be left alone it's humans just need to suck it up and deal with it because the elk were here first um i know that's not accurate to the history so in a nutshell what is the history of all these elk being here in the upper skagit well in, in especially in our county skagit the elk were not here first uh even DF, fish and wildlife's own documentation shows that and we have the documentation showing that so the you know the elk were imported in here from montana in the early uh, 1900s and so documentation shows that and uh, so I, there is no uh, conflict on that as far as i'm most of us are concerned because the, the fish and wildlife zone documentation backs that up and the same way with the counts as i mentioned earlier but again you know we aren't too concerned about they they have their quota they're way over their quota uh, and so, you know, it's we, the damages that are happening to. So I guess the people, you know, they, we, uh, we as farmers, we want to be able to survive here. Uh, we've had three farmers that have had to pull out of our valley because of elk trouble. We cannot raise organic farm or any product organically because once the elk tramples through it or craps on it, uh, we're out. You know, mm. you're you're done. Yep. And so we've had three farmers move out. So I guess it's up to whether people want to eat, <laughs> eat, 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 or want uh, to save the farmland, or 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 not. You know, and and so we have a problem where uh, you know the uh, these some of these conservation 
programs are taken and and company or groups are taking farmland out of production, turning it into conservation projects, and then the elk come there and harbor. So the, mm. the, they end up harboring the elk, the very same elk that are trampling through our school grounds and and mm. causing havoc with our children. So. Is there any end in sight here? Any indication that things could turn around, or I mean, what are you working on right now? Well, I think that you know, the we just need we're we're just trying to keep. Uh, I think it has uh, our efforts have uh, succeeded in getting people informed on the issue and getting a wider. Uh, I'm hearing from all over about the our efforts are paying off. Just a matter of getting people aware of what's really happening here. Uh, you know, it it is. It, you know there are there is state law that uh, requires fish and wildlife not to 7704012 that requires fish the mandate of the commission and this department not to infringe on the uh, the property rights of of, of of us owners and farmers so yeah there's there's uh, um, you know it, it's a, a matter of uh, uh, and then the, the liability or the liability to our children on the school buses and then the, uh, the, the financial losses to our, uh, our uh, farms that are, uh, do we want to run more farms out? We've already lost three. So do we want some more to go? Mm. Uh, it's what, what, you know, it's, it's private property. It's, uh, um, people the, are make, trying to make a living off the farm. And so, and these yeah. are non-native imported pests. Right. Essentially. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, d- despite what a lot of people say about it or, or misunderstand about them. Again, Randy Good with the uh, Skagit Cattlemen's uh, with us this morning here on the Farming Show. Thanks for filling us in, Randy, and and best of luck to you. It doesn't sound like an easy road ahead, but, no. but hats off for your efforts to try to keep uh, and, and protect uh, at least some of the farming uh, mm-hmm. up there uh, i know that's that's part of what i'm doing every day in my work uh, with save family farming and and Watkin family farmers and eastern washington family farmers and, and this is just another one of those issues gadget family farmers uh, one of those issues that uh, has put uh, pressure on farms making it tough for them to make ends meet and, and really not practical to stay around that's something that i think a lot of people when they look at the bigger picture uh want to turn around and and so what you're doing with this is is all a part of that so we appreciate it Thank you so much.